know that I have an answer to it other than it's a good opportunity to teach and to put first the kingdom. You know, I, I think we've tried to teach our kids about their impact on the other kids when they go and when they don't go and how it makes a difference. And just like if mommy doesn't go to church, somebody else, you know, she won't have a chance to help somebody. So it's a good chance to train them. I don't know how to necessarily help him other than that. One of the ideas that I have is it's hard to teach that when, you know, your kid is having such a fantastic time with their friends. But there's going to come a time where their friends are going to let them down and like in an argument or not be honest or not be humble. And that's when you can come in and say, well, that's why it's so great to have friends that are in the kingdom that we have the same standard, that you can talk to them, we can talk to their parents, and we can resolve this. Um, you know, I know I had that dynamic with my daughter, and it was really in the times where she was really disappointed by her friends that we could show her the difference between the kingdom and the world. One more thing, too, is um, really encouraging his relationship with other disciples' kids. Whether you have to drive to San Diego or um, go wherever you need to go to build those relationships. So we do that with Kelsey all the time, we, or with Jenna as well. We drive all the way down the west side once a month, and she spends the night and the weekend and goes to the teen events out there because we want her to see that there is a huge difference, and she does see that, and she wants that. And so she knows the difference between her friends at school and her friends at the church, and Jenna does too. They totally see it. So I think it's all those the things combined. So. I guess he needs more of that exposure because, you know, it's small. It's a small group here. And so how, I guess maybe giving me more ideas as far as how he can connect with other preteens outside of our sector, you know, maybe, I don't know. Because I know you know a lot of, I know you guys know a lot of people already. Oh. We'll take it offline because of other questions in the time. We, we can get advice about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. I think uh, I encourage you to, to talk offline with Erica and, and how they do it. Maybe um, connecting with those families are very, very important. That's a, that's a big, big deal to the teenagers and preteen kids. Their friends become uh, a big force in their life. Um, another question? Zaldi and all right, let's go down the line. Um, hi. Um, my question is uh, regarding devotionals, so I guess it's for anyone, but I think maybe for the Burns. But um, my daughter just turned two, and every night we pray with her um, before going to bed, um, pray with her before meals, and I just want to get an idea of what kind of devotionals or how we can have devotionals you know, for a two-year-old. Well, I think, you know, what you got to figure out is, one, I mean, we, we pray with our kids every night before they go to bed. Obviously, we pray before meals. But um, what, what works for us is once a week we have a special night that is our family devotional night. And the whole, my whole mindset is, you know, like it says in Ephesians 6.4, you got to, you know, teach and train them. Well, if they're not interested, you're not going to be able to do either. So... Um, for your daughter, I think you got to figure out what she's going to like. Like my kids right now, they love acting. They love hearing, go get your bathrobes, we're going to be Israelites. Or get in the backyard, 
one of you is Goliath, you're going up the tree. Um, you know, my son has a picture Bible. Um, you know, sometimes I'll show that to them. Sometimes I'll read part of that. Sometimes I'll just, I'll just take what the Bible says in a page and I'll make it four sentences. Because I know if I just sit there and try to read, then God said that you should go with him. And my son's going to be like, what? But if I, you know, if I come down on their level, you know, sitting on the ground with them, excited about what we're talking about, making it fun for them. Like I said, my kids love acting. They love making music. So we have little musical instruments while we're singing sometimes. Sometimes we don't because it can be a little distracting. But variety is fun. You know, we don't act every week. Um, you know, some weeks it'll be, okay, everybody go out for the next, you know, five minutes and find, fill this bag with stuff that you think is cool. And then we look at all the cool things God made. So I think, you know, you got to figure out, for us it works once a week, um, but it's tailoring it to what level they're at that they're going to be excited about, you know. Um, I think for your daughter's age, um, when our kids were that little, um, one of the big things is uh, having the devotional become something that they know that they know it's going to happen with our family. And so a lot of singing, a lot of helping the children to sit. I mean, at that, that age, they're like all over the place. So I think um, that is a great time to start teaching your children uh, to sit. We're having family devotional. They may only be able to sit for three minutes during the Bible story time. But as far as also singing, sitting in a circle, because that's teaching them to, to obey you, to, to be respectful, to um, have self-control. So at her age, I think that's something that is appropriate for her age. But it's also, even as babies, getting them the development of, it's family devotional time, it's family devotional time. So that they know what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was uh, my question, too. So it was uh, from two to four-year-olds, um, and you, you even answered the question, the, the, the length of time um, and the amount of time. And So I'm going to pass this on to somebody else because you answered my question. What's up? Hey, uh, we have a... This could be a panel discussion, but we have kind of a special needs kid. And when we have devotionals, it ends up being all about <laughs> disciplining him to sit or disciplining him to sing or disciplining him to do anything other than what we're doing because he just rebels at, the, at that particular moment. And so it's not, it turns out for me, I don't even want to have devotionals <laughs> because it's so chaotic that it isn't fun. And um, I don't really know what to do. Like, you know, I, I want to do them because I know the kids need them and we need them. But, again, it's, you know, he's, he's really all over the place. Maybe you guys can. Just a, a thought on that. I think uh, one of the things that may give you the ability to reel him in is to get him involved in the process of putting the devotional together. Uh, try and get him involved on a level is something that it is that you know he's interested in or that he'll get excited about or get fired up about um, and you'll find sometimes that just kind of that change up in perspective he's the kind of the, the motion behind the whole thing it's not about mom or dad 
getting in there and, okay, let's all sit down and we're going to do this. Sometimes if you shift the role in a situation like that, it may give him the ability to kind of pull on in and, you know, again, get excited about it. The other thing that Steve talked about, though, too, is just from a standpoint of the timing, uh, appropriate based on whatever the attention span may be. If it's only going to be a minute or two, um, you know, it may be a matter of dividing him out from the rest of the family to have that kind of interaction if you can't pull the whole group together. But, you know, you can get creative along those lines. Um, the other thing, too, when it comes to family devotionals, if you haven't gotten into a Christian bookstore or gone online to Amazon.com, there's a lot of age-appropriate books, Bibles, devotionals, and whatnot are out there. And then, obviously, there, we've got this incredible resource with the Burns when it comes to uh, the animated aspect of things. I was one of those, I think, early on that, you know, bored my kids to death, you know, with the expositionary kind of uh, <laughs> half an hour, 45-minute devotional. And fortunately, there was a, a brother in San Diego that had an incredible book that, you know, came in with all the interactive stuff. Like, the, you know, I didn't think about the robes and the blankets and the slingshots and, you know, all the stuff that Steve would uh, pull out there. But that, that's all super important as well, just making it, making it as fun as you can. Keep them, keeping their attention as long as you can so that it doesn't become, you know, something that they end up disliking and not wanting to participate in. I think also Chris um, pulling other families with you so that he can learn from other families and their kids, you know what I mean? And bring his friends over to encourage him, too. I think that'd be good. Um, I just also wanted to echo what Steve was saying because we really had that problem in our family for like three years. And we basically have a really short devotional at the beginning that my son was a part of. And then it was like, okay, time for Veggie Tales for you. Goodbye. (laughs) And then we would finish our devotional where we could really like pray and we could really talk about what was going on. And another thing we tried too was we had these really big body pillows and we just put one of these body pillows on him on the floor. We'd sit on him. <laughs> and he loved it. It was like deep pressure, you know, but just for a few minutes. But then, I mean, if it just gets, the, I mean, we just got to the point where we're like, oh, not another devotional, you know, because it was just painful after a while. But um, like you were saying, you could just split the devotional up. Other question? Would land a family? I have two questions. No, two. Okay. My first question is, um, Kimberly repeats everything I say when I'm disciplining disciplining her. Like, I'll say, Kimberly, please do not do that. And she'll say, Kimberly, please do not do that. And she's only two. I'll be like, okay, Kimberly, it's time out. Okay, Mommy, it's time out. And it's on and on. And I get so frustrated because she's just repeating everything I say. Like, I'm like, do you want pow pow? And she's like, do you want pow pow? Like... It just goes on and on. Um, so I don't know how to get her to stop repeating everything I say when I'm trying to discipline, discipline her. Preschool teacher. Um, I think it's just a, a great time to teach about respect because she's really not respecting you. And um, I, I, we could probably talk, you know, at a separate time because I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said about those situations. I don't know, Karen, do you want or anybody else? Colossians 3.20, yeah. children obey your parents and everything, but this pleases the Lord. You know, she's old enough where she yeah. can start understanding these kinds of concepts. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that's really important is being consistent. Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, it's something that she's finding is humorous. It's kind of turned into kind of a playtime between you, know, you and her. That's her perception. You know, the punishment's got to outweigh the crime. I think if, if, if she's coming back at you and tell, you tell her not to and she does again, it's blatant disobedient, I'd spank her. You know, uh, spatula, something along those lines. But she's just going to continue going back and forth. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to say something or act in a way that, uh, you know, is inappropriate. So... I think it's, it's really important that you deal with it the first time. She'll eventually catch on, but you're going to have to be consistent with it. Yeah, and I would say make sure you're not laughing. You know, like, if, and if you are laughing, like, I'll be honest, there's times, like last night at dinner, Jake, I was like, I'd pay money for what you're saying right now. And he's like, Dad, you're laughing. I'm like, yeah, I'm laughing, but you're still going to get a spanking if you do that again. I'll do it with a smile, but you'll get one. Uh, but the other thing that we used for the sassy one in our family, um, you know, was uh, hot sauce. You get sassy, you get a little hot sauce. Man, it's amazing sounds kids make when they have hot sauce in their mouth. But it's amazing how quickly they don't want it anymore. And you say, are you talking, are you being sassy? Well, if you do that, if you do that again, you're going to get hot sauce in your mouth. Done. Just a thought. If you're offended, hey, this is opinion-based. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Ross. I had just one real little thing to add to that, which is uh, just from working with a, a speech therapist for 10 years. Tell your kids what you want them to do, not what you don't want them to do all the time. And then if they don't do it, then there's the discipline. But it's like negative reinforcement. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. You know, I mean, Andre used to, like, take my nose and twist it, you know? So instead of saying, don't twist my nose, I was hands down, hands down. You know, tell them what you want. Keep your feet down. Keep your hands down. Tell them what you want them to do, not what you don't want them to do. Right there. It's good. It helps. Yeah, no, it helps. Susan, you should write a book. I'm enjoying what you're saying. Like, do I do I plan it or does Michael plan it? Miguel. Because <laughs> I usually plan it, and I feel like I have to because he's working so much. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think you know, there's been times where I've. I've thought of ideas, and I will say, hey, Steve, what do you think about this? This is what the kids are struggling with right now. Oh, yeah, and cool. then he will look through scriptures and put something together. Yeah, so I think as wives, we need to be our husband's helpers. Help you know, but I think uh, Steve, it's his passion. It's his drive to lead our family. And so I really appreciate his conviction about that. Here's what you can do when your husband's uh, stubborn. Um, you ask him, of course, respectfully to plan, and, and stubborn dads don't do it. Um, then you call his friends, disciples, and you, have, you tell them, and then they have to talk with your husband, too. You got to use the resources, because maybe it's, he doesn't know what to do, he doesn't know how to do it, he's not sure how to do it. There could be a lot of factors why he's not doing it. I don't think he's not doing it because he doesn't want to or like God. I just think sometimes 
He may not know what he, how to do it, what he, where to start. He's overwhelmed with the thought. So maybe joining up with another family and hooking up with them for a couple of times to get some momentum going. Oh, I see the hang of it. I see what they do. And then maybe that could be like a jump start for you guys to, to get that going. But a lot of times it may just be he doesn't know what to do or doesn't feel like he has time to prepare. So what I encourage you to do is maybe hook up with some other families in the area for a family devotional and kind of, you know, if you're busy that week or he's got, you know, he worked a 16-hour shift, hey, let's hook up with another family and have a devotional with them. That sometimes can be uh, a good idea as well. So, I think you're right, though, not to, I wouldn't not have one just because he's not doing it. It's, you know, the Bible calls us both to teach our children. So I would just, you know, if, if he's not going to, do it. You know, teach your kids to love God, however you're going to do it, not to fight him. And I think, you know, you want to encourage him, but um, I, I wouldn't necessarily wait. We all have different, you know, different spouses that are at different places spiritually. And we all kind of go up and down spiritually. And I think if I was married to a non-Christian, I'd still have to keep doing what God wants me to do. You've got a great husband that loves God and wants to do his best, and you've got to keep encouraging that, but don't not do it just because he's not. Uh, um, I wanted to ask a question about obedience. Uh, we read um, Shepherding a Child's Heart, and in there he's, you know, cruises two, and he says that right now his, his role is to learn obedience. That's the, that's the singular focus for him. Um, and in there he says obedience is, is to take place without excuse, without challenge, and without delay. Um, and uh, I feel like I'm pretty good at, like, you know, waiting for a good window, you know, not to frustrate him when it's a good time to transition and, and ask him what I want him to do and require obedience. Um, but lately we're getting into kind of like he's got to do one thing before he obeys or like I was about to grab this and it's Cruz, come here. And he'll look at me and he'll, he'll first he'll go, you know, get his thing and then he'll come here. So. Um, you know, I know one thing will turn into two more things and, you know, stuff like that. So I've been kind of waffling and be like, okay, you know, get, get your thing. and Okay, now, now you obey. But, you know, so I'm wondering where, where you guys stand on that. Do you guys stand on that without excuse, without challenge, without delay? He's teaching you how time? to uh, compromise, bro, and it's just going to get worse. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Starts out with something little, innocuous, not a big deal. And then by the time they're teenagers, the compromises are huge. So he's at an age right now where there isn't really argument. It's not a matter of, well, why, Daddy? You know, it's a matter of, as the book states, cut and dry, this is how it is, obedience, period. Now, those boundaries change up as they get older. You know, they get to the point where they, they, want, an, they want an explanation. They want to have that volley back and forth with the reasoning and all. But uh, I, I think... That's a degree of inconsistency. You're teaching him it's okay to do what he wants to do and then respond. Right. So you, you got to be careful because it, all it does is uh, it's like a cancer. It'll get worse. Yeah, yeah I would say, uh, you know, don't discipline, you know, don't discipline in anger, but uh, you got to be consistent. I mean, at two, he's testing you this way. Uh, you know, I've only gone to, you know, almost eight. And uh, at six to eight, it changes more to, well, okay, you know why you're in here? Because, you know, the Bible says, what does the Bible say? Honor your mother and father. Were you honoring your mother? No. Okay, that's why you're going to get a spanking. 
But but I never said those words before, and I didn't know those exact words were words that can be said. Right. Were you honoring your mother? No. Okay, that's why you're going to get a spanking. So, I mean, it's just, they change how they test, but he's just testing you, you know? And uh, you love him, so you want to be like, oh, I just want to let him do whatever, but, you know, then you're going to teach him, okay, buddy, you can do what you want. I love you. Come to me when you're ready. Right. Which, which really isn't what God calls us to teach him. So. Well, my question is, um, I hate spanking like most parents. And um, so I resort also to putting Ashton in timeout. And I'm getting to a point where um, he's starting to put himself in timeouts. <laughs> so my gut kind of tells me that's not a good idea. Um, there was at one point I said, huh? You've lost your influence without him. Yeah, so no timeouts. <laughs> I mean, it's happened a couple times, but I'll say Ashton, you need to listen and obey. And he ran out of the room, and two minutes later, he was in his room in the timeout corner. So I was a little, yeah. So what do I do? Well, I think, no, you were right. No parent loves to spank their kids. I mean, there's been times where I've honestly had to pray, and then afterwards, I've literally cried because I had to spank Jake four or five times because of his disrespect and his disobedience. And I just, I just think that we have to pray. We really have to pray to obey God. Because we're not obeying God if we're not teaching our children the way that he, he, he says in his word, you know. And so I just think, Kelly, um, pray, just pray to God that your heart will change about spanking. And that he will answer your prayer. And you will see the fruits of it, you know. When he disobeys you, you if he, in, in, right away, all right, let's go to the bathroom. It's time for a spanking. You disobeyed mommy, and that's unacceptable. If you are out in public uh, and he starts flop, flopping on the floor because we're at Target, and this is Jake did this, and obviously I'm not going to spank him at Target. I ditched my cart. I got him in the car. He's crying the whole time. The only words I said, Jake, when we get home, you are getting a spanking because you disobeyed. <laughs> Jake, when we get home, you, you're going to get a spanking because you disobeyed. The whole way home, when we got in the house, he got a spanking. So I just think that regardless of how we feel, we've got to obey God first. I would say really quickly, one, if your kid's really young and you, you're going home to spank them, you need to intermittently remind them or they will genuinely forget if they're really young. Two, you know, it says in Proverbs, spare the rod, spoil the child. I struggle with that too. I mean, I like to be the fun guy, you know. The same reason, you know, that in my flesh I don't want to have conflict with other adults. I want my kids to be like, dad's fun, dad's. But then I really had to look like, okay, if I really love my kids, then I'm going to raise them the way that God wants me to raise them. And God did design spanking, not society spanking of out-of-control beating, but of here's why you're getting spanked, a spank. I hug my kids, get them to stop crying, give them a kiss, let them know I love them. We have a prayer, and it never happened. But it is, it is from God, you know. If you could uh, uh, have a talk with your husband, too. I know sometimes the husbands aren't our participating partners, and that can be a little confusing and frustrating. 
Uh, if you get his agreement on it and you guys work together, great. Um, if you don't set up protocols, what is going to determine a spanking? In our family, it's three things. It's disobedience, it's disrespect, and it's lying. Those three things shatter all relationships they have with me and their friends. So um, we use those three protocols for spanking only. Anything, anything else is a takeaway privileges, early to go to, go to bed. You, you don't get to watch, have a popcorn in the movie with mom and dad at night because, you know, whatever. So you have to understand what you want them to obey you on. And there's spanking violations and there's non-spanking violations. Um, I personally am not a big believer in timeouts. Um, only timeouts if... They're the life of the party, and they love to be the life of the party. That's when timeout works. They, 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 if they're, oh, this is exciting, and you put them in timeout, it's like, ah, that's, timeout's good for those kids. Not good for every kid. Depends the, your pers child's personality. If he's like, a, kind of likes being alone, timeout's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is great. You know? So you got to kind of go with the personality. I would say um, we had one child that just didn't respond to spanking at all, who's a special needs kid uh, to, to a degree. And we would spank, you know, there was one time we just couldn't take her to preschool because she had gotten spanked so much she had little marks on her bottom. Um, and we were not abusive at all, but it was, you know, I, I was, felt like, okay, we had to break her, we had to get her to be humble. That just didn't work for her. And for her, timeouts worked better um, but I, I've also seen people that didn't want to spank their kids drag them by the arm down the stairs because they don't want to, they think it's abusive to spank their kid and they're yanking their arm out of their socket and they're much more likely to hurt them because they're frustrated because their kid won't obey because they won't spank them so I think don't be afraid to spank because they need it and it gets their attention there are some kids that I still spanked her occasionally, but I found that other things worked. Yeah. You got to have a punishment that's going to hurt. And if they're going to laugh at you or they're going to keep doing it or they're going to run out of the room, then it's not hurting enough. Good caveat is if you don't see tears, like there's two types of kids, ones who will cry before they're spanked, tears. So, you know, you spank them accordingly. Then there's um, alligator tears or crocodile tears where you spank them. Ah. Because they're not, they, 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 didn't, they didn't break them. They're just, ah, but there's no tears coming out. My daughter would do that to, to Karen. Yeah. And then I said, well, I'm doing the spank. She said, no, not daddy. My kids don't like when daddy spanks them because I, I have to see tears, you know, because you know that, you, that it's hurt to a point of, hey, they're shedding tears. Now, my son, he does the Via Della Rosa all the way to the bathroom. He's crying, you know, mourning. He's, he's having convulsions. So, you know, you know, he gets the same, same spiel, but my daughter's a little different. She, if it doesn't hurt, she, you know, we teach her to be honest. And she'll say sometimes to, my mom, to, to Karen and myself, that didn't hurt. And so, oh, okay, for being honest, you, you know, that was it. But next time around, I made a mental note that and you may want to go to another family to get kind of in, how, watch how they do it. All right, let them instruct you how they do it. So you have confidence in doing it versus being left to yourself. That might be helpful. This is one we could go on all night with. Oh, I think yeah. the, the last thing to geotag is get, get some input from somebody that's maybe gone down the road yeah. with older kids. Every child's different. Uh, I, I do believe that it's, it's good within the family to establish a protocol as to specific things that are spankable crime, so to speak. But there are so many other ways of getting a kid's attention. I mean, with my son, you know, his video games. I mean, there are, I'm sure there are things that your son's really into. 
And if those things end up disappearing, you'll get his attention. So, you know, just thinking through what is it, something that he really likes that he's really going to miss from a standpoint of discipline. And just get some additional input. Make sure you and Mike are on the same page. I think that's, that's right. That's really important. Go ahead, Javita. I believe in spanking as well. My children are grown young adults now. But what I can tell you from what I learned is that when you spank them when they're little, more than likely you're not going to have to spank them when they're older because they, they've learned the consequences when they're small enough. So as they get older, they realize, oh, I'm going to have a consequence. I could get spanked here. <laughs> so then, then they know they won't um, test you in that way anymore. So that's kind of what I've learned in raising my children. I want to thank the panel so much, guys. I know the birds had to step off because their child is uh, past their bedtime. I want to thank you so much. Uh, Steve, would you close out the prayer? That would be fantastic. Amen. <clears throat> well, Father, uh, I just want to thank you for the opportunity you've given us tonight to come together, uh, knowing how what an integral part and how important our children are to us. Yeah, and with that, knowing how we all want our families to be unified, not just today, but for eternity. Father, um, really help each and every one of us to, to really deepen the bond that we have with each other, uh, to share information with each other, uh, to really help, even as we see our, each other's kids within the fellowship. If there's a situation or something we come across, let's not be afraid of bringing it to one another's attention. And more than anything, as parents, when that does take place, give us the humility to accept that, realizing that a lot of times uh, our vision can be a little skewed, and it's great to get input from someone else so that we really can be the best parents we can for our children. And as we see in uh, Proverbs 22.6, train a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not stray from it. Just really give us the ability to lay that foundation uh, in our children's hearts so that uh, at that point in time when they meet their maker, uh, God, that they are walking in the light as disciples. Father, I love you. I thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe you're dismissed.